a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome over to the channel. If you guys are new, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell as well because we post every single day over the Ukrainian conflict. And we're going to start this one out just a tad bit differently. I know you guys saw the maps from yesterday. You, Some of you guys liked them, but for the majority, you guys want to go back. So don't worry. Look, we went back to the old one. I added the color back. We did everything like, oh, it looks so, so sweet and succulent. So if you guys are new, blue is Ukrainian, red is Russian. We're just going to go with that and roll with it. So if you guys are ever wondering what Ukrainian motormen are actually driving around in over there in Ukraine, don't worry. I've got you covered. Apparently, DHL actually gave them six trucks. Yes, that's right. They've got six trucks to utilize. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just play this video for you guys and just enjoy it. Warum ist dieser DHL Wagen hier? Wie ist das passiert? Как вы заказали эту машину? Я позвонил директору, я позвонил одному из руководителей компании DHL. Er hat für einen Direktor von DHL... So you guys know the Russian billionaire who owns a Chelsea football team. He's been sanctioned and all that kind of stuff. He's actually been in secret talks with the Ukrainian government because he's actually really close to Putin. A couple weeks ago, I guess he actually gave a direct message. Actually, not a direct message. He actually gave, hand-delivered a message to Putin himself. So after recent talks in Kiev, himself and the Ukrainian negotiators have suffered symptoms from being poisoned. Isn't this kind of crazy? I know a lot of a lot of people that are really close to the Kremlin apparently get poisoned over the last few years, but not a big deal. It's just really random chance. Symptoms included red eyes, constant and painful tearing. He had he was blind for about two or three hours. Uh, they're peeling of the skin from their face and their hands. So there you go. If you're ever wondering if you want to be buddies with the Kremlin and you want to do some some business or talk with somebody else about maybe you know stopping the war and like peace talks, don't do that. Bad bad idea. Bad idea. There's also reports stating that Putin, along with his Russian defense ministers and other senior officials, are currently residing in a nuclear bunker inside of Ufa in the Ural Mountains. So there, I know, quick, short, fast, little news chunk. That's all we're going to do for today. I know there's a lot of other stuff going on, but we have a lot of stuff to do with the maps. There's a lot going on in Kiev, which I know some people are pretty excited about. So I'm trying to take an unbiased stance, so I try to tell you guys everything and just let you kind of make your own decisions. So, out the gate. Kiev has turned into more of a strategic, decisive point for the Russian forces as a whole. So they see it more as a, uh, a political objective that they actually need to take at some point. We all know this is something that they have to take. If they don't take it, then they really don't gain anything. Another reason why they need to put pressure on this city, that is the Russian forces. They do not put the pressure and continue pressure on this city. Ukrainians are going to be able to actually maneuver their elements out of the city and go easternly, like more eastern to go actually help those units down there. So them actually losing area inside of Kiev, is a, that's another reason why it's a big deal. It's, it's a political reason. They need it. And number two, if they don't keep enough pressure on it, 
then the Ukrainians are going to be able to actually move some units out to go help other areas. So that is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. They need this area when in fact they're actually losing it. Urban has been liberated as of right now, literally right now. So I'm going to show you guys here on the map. This is pretty much the areas that have been over the last 24, 36 hours or so. This is where the heavy fighting has taken place all of, from all over the country. Usually, actually, for most of the week, it's been in the southern area near Mikolaiv, but right now, Mikolaiv is a little quiet. And right here in Urpin, other than Hostel, or excuse me, not Hostel, but Mariupol, Mariupol, since the very beginning, number one hot zone. Okay, I get it, I understand. But for right now, up here in the Kiev region, this is the area. Urpin has been taken back. And I've actually been talking to a Ukrainian soldier himself. He goes by Starsky. He has a YouTube channel. I'll go ahead and link at the top of the description. I found him the other day, and I sent him a message. And for me being in my spot, a lot of you guys don't know this on this channel, but I've been doing YouTube for seven years. My other channel has like 2 million subs. And this was another channel that I had started out of more passion. And now it's completely taken off because of y'all who are watching these videos daily. And so I sent him over a message and he knew that I was a real person. So he actually sent me this voice recording back. Hi. So we have just received the news that uh, our forces have liberated Irpin. It's uh, next to Bucha and uh, next to Hostomol, that uh, Hostomol airport and our former base. So yeah, uh, European is uh, completely liberated and that's uh, the same area where Russian troops are being surrounded by Ukrainian forces and cut off uh, from their supplies. So we can expect some good news. We're going to be talking with him on a daily basis, see what's actually going on on the ground there. So that's a good thing. I've also been speaking to the American that we showed the other day, who is also in that same region. I'm not going to say exactly where he's at, but I'm trying to help him get some supplies there. They need some medical stuff and stuff like that because they really don't have anything over there. So I'm trying to link him up with some counterparts over in Poland to actually get some stuff done. But we are talking to those people on the ground, which is which is kind of a good thing. I think it's a good thing to actually bring some more validity to this these episodes so you guys have an understanding. I'm not just pulling stuff out of my rear end. Ukrainian forces have continued to assault every single area, as you can see. I mean, we're talking about Bucha, Varzel, uh, Bordyanka, Ad Adrovinka, and Markiv. So all over this entire area. Now, the weak point of the Russian military, of this of this entire, I'm going to say, I'm going to circle this area, the weakest point other than, well, they just took Urpin. That's not a very weak point. I will tell you that as of right now. It's going to be very difficult for them to push actually past that into Hostomel and Bucha. That's going to be very difficult. But the weak point actually is Bordyanka. It's right here. That, that, that rear element. That rear element of the Russian military right now, they've had to push so many forces to the front side, that front half. They can't lose this area. This is key ground. Really, really crucial they don't lose it. But right now, Bordyanka is the weak point of this area. So as you take note, look at this map. So now the Ukrainian forces are on the assault. So now they are assaulting defensively held positions. So I expect them to take higher number of casualties over the coming days. Now we're going to look at this. So this main route that's coming in, this is, if you guys are new to the channel, this black line that's coming in is the main supply route that the Russians are utilizing to get their supplies in and out of Kiev and new reinforcements and so on and so forth. Ivankiv is a very crucial town in this area because this is the logistical hub for this entire region of this conflict for them. Like this entire region you guys see up here in the northwest side, Ivankiv, huge deal. So the Ukrainian forces have actually pressed deep into the rear near Ivankiv. So the 35th Combined Arms Army is actually located, that's Russian, they're located along this main Route. This is the main logistical base on the western side of Kiev, like I've spoken. Now, they have been going in there. We've spoken about this for about a week or so. They are hitting the rear element fairly well and fairly regular. They're hitting them with IDF, 
small arms fire, and they're also ambushing him on this main route coming in out. So the, I, I know the map shows that the Russians control this entire area, but I know there's going to be pockets. So they are being able to break off and actually come in here and actually hit these, these logistical routes that are coming down into that, that northwestern side of Kiv. So we know that is a thing. Now, they're, they're pushing all the way through, and somehow, if they somehow take Ivankov, that is going to cut off everything south. Everything south of Ivankov will be cut off. If somehow the Ukrainian forces can push through, that'll be a major game changer for the entire city of Kiv. Like, massive game changer. Ukrainians have also had to deal with Russian soft units inside the city itself. So I do know, and I have seen some, some proof of it, Russian soft has made their way and somehow got into the, the inner part of, portion of the city. I'm not going to say they're causing a ton of damage, but they have been finding them and actually eliminating uh, these targets when they are identified. I believe they're dressing up more or less civilians. I, I'm just throwing that one out there. I don't, I'm not going to show any video proof of it just because some of the stuff I can't show here on the channel. A lot of these videos you guys see, and you guys listen to, if you guys are on the podcast side of things, just, just through your ears. I have to get them approved by YouTube for them to go live. So we have to be very cautious in the kind of video footage we show. I know a lot of people ask, why don't I show bodies and stuff? That's not needed. That's not my job. I don't want to cause somebody to nightmares and stuff. I'm just here to actually relay some information. So they are taking care of those Russian soft units in there. And I've seen a lot of footage, I guess more photos, I guess you would say, of captured equipment from soft units, like stuff that a soft unit would only have. Um, that, that, is a, that is a good thing. I know you guys see these radios taken. So the way the radios generally work, if they're encrypted, they're filled. Like like when I was in the military, we'd fill them once a day, and the fill would change, so the encryption would change constantly. So them having the radios is cool and all, but if they don't have, say, the device to actually put the encryption into the radio every day, then it's not really useful. So we're still sitting over here. We're actually going to move a little bit eastern over to, to the Bravery side of things. Russian forces have continued to entrench and emplace minefields in Velkia, Dimrika which I've now noted on the map. So you guys can see right through here, I've, I've actually squared it all off and I put M on it. So those are actually now minefields. They actually originally started making the minefields up here in that area, which I just annotated for you guys. That was the original. Now they've actually spread it all the way across going down to Hovliv. So Hovliv is right here. This is on a main route. As you, if I just back up a little bit, this is one of the main routes that brings all the logistical supplies, excuse me, in from the east. And I have a, a video I'd like to share with you guys. It's, I've, I've got the, the kind of the area where, where they are staging, which you'll see. So you'll see a town named uh, Zalizia, which is right here. I'm sure I jacked that one up. But as you guys can see, the video I'm about to show for you guys, it, the, the pontoon bridges we spoke of many of times is inside of this video. You guys will see a convoy. You guys will know what it's like to actually be inside of a Russian convoy in a Russian BMP as it's moving. So here's that. So you guys, if you paid attention, you guys could see the actual town name. It's right here. I, I, I've got to tell you, it's got to be on this main route coming into robbery. This E95 route, it has to be. I know the dirt roads that were showed, that's clearly not. But 
The main route where you saw the long convoy, that for sure has got to be outside of Bravery. They've been trying to push through Bravery over the last, well, actually the last couple of weeks, but the last 48 hours they made a couple of attempts and have not been pushed through. Last video, last episode, we did speak about that. I guess I'll, I'll swing up here to Chernihiv. Not a lot has changed. I don't have any updates on this area right here. I don't believe the Russian forces have pushed all the way through that. I do know they did not leave an element inside of the city of Slavyech, so I have no idea exactly I, I don't know where they're at, the Russians, inside this area right here. I have no idea, so I cannot tell you guys and verify this. But right now, I know that they, they're not inside there, and they push towards Chernihiv. So I do expect them to hit the resistance, like I told you guys, somewhere about right here. That should be taking place over the next 12 to 24 hours. They should hit resistance, if not right now. So down here in Sumy, I'm going to tell you guys, this has been one of the, the most piss-poor executions we've seen from the Russian military as a whole right now. Other than Irpin, losing Irpin in those areas... Sumi. They should have taken Sumi day one. They haven't. I don't know why they didn't. That in Chernihiv should have been right out the gate. Take them, hold them, so you can actually control this main route. So if you guys are new, this is the main route right here. I'm going to go ahead and circle it, kind of. This is it. So you guys see that main route. That's the main logistical route coming in from the eastern side of the country. Now, if they would have controlled Sumi, they could control this route and the flow of movement and troops and, and such. They could stage here, but they're not able to do that. Ukrainian forces have actually recaptured a, another town in this area. They, they captured Trovianats yesterday, and now they pushed up and took back Boromila. So they took back this area in the last 12 hours or so. And then they said, you know what? Let's go, let's go push another element out. So now they control two more towns. They pushed over here towards the Russian border. This dark line you guys see right here, that is the Russian border. They actually pushed more elements over here and now control two more towns, Slavhord and Krasnovlopia. All right, there you go. Those towns, we know. My, I, I should just change the, the channel name to, to Butchering of Names because I'm pretty good at it. But those areas are currently controlled. And if you can notice one thing, one of the main things we keep talking about, routes going in and out. Look where those roads are. It's on a main route right there. And it's on this main route coming all the way down along with this one. So Russians cannot control the routes. They can't get supplies in and out. Ukrainians are taking back the key crucial areas inside of these routes. Like, literally, if you look, that is a choke point right there. That is a choke point. That's going to be very difficult. Easy to set up ambushes on, difficult to get your vehicles through. It's also been reported that this town over here, man, I, I think the Russians are actually pulling out of Sumi. I, don't, I, I really do. I believe they're retrograding out of this area to actually reconsolidate and figure out their life. Because this town over here was mildly surrounded. I'm going to say mildly surrounded. It had Russian forces around it. Now it's reporting that there's none even there. Inside the town of Lebanon... And they've actually started moving north. Now they're starting to make an assault north from here and actually start clearing more white space. And this is another crazy thing. So they were already hitting the supply route from Nizi right there. This area. Now with them moving out of Lebanon like this, they're going to be able to hit this route all the way. If they control all this white space right here, they're going to be able to set up platoon size elements along these routes and just set up ambushes on a daily all the way through here. They're going to control this route. This is this is huge. Just so everybody's aware, I stated this maybe about a week ago. If the Russians do not control the northeast side of this country over here with these main routes coming in and out, there's a secondary one up here. If they don't control any one of these routes right here, they're not going to win this thing. This will be literally the most embarrassing thing the Russian military has done since the 80s. So back over here in Sumy, low morale and maintenance issues have brought the operation to take Sumy to a complete standstill. Low morale has brought reports that Russian soldiers haven't been obeying orders in this area and has been noted that they've actually killed a commander in response for terrible conditions that they currently are residing in. 
The Russians may be forced to withdraw from Sumy, which may be confirmed in the coming weeks and or days. If this is true, the Russians have clearly waved the white flag in this area and will take the fight somewhere else in Ukraine. I personally have said this before, and I do not see this being the case, and I do believe they will pull back, regroup, and take Sumy. I have stated this many times, routes coming in and out of this play, a big Big, big deal in taking this whole portion of the country. I don't think, I don't know if they're going to be able to take Sumi as control of it, but this main route up here, they do control this. Now, I don't know why I've said this many times. I'm not trying to give the Russian any intel, which I don't know. Apparently, their leaders aren't very good at doing their job, but I don't know why they spread themselves so thin throughout the entire country. They need to regroup and then go after one area and then push from there and then take another one and put it. doesn't make any sense what they're doing. But we said this about a month ago when this, this conflict really started. They're lacking in experience. Their upper upper echelon of their leadership has no combat experience whatsoever. They've been playing Army for how many years now, and they have no idea what they're really doing, and it's really showing as of right now. So there hasn't been a lot of change in Kharkiv. Kharkiv is not an area that we've seen a lot of advancement. We do know that they took back some ground right here over the last 24 hours. They've actually taken back two. They live two towns, and I told you guys I think they're going after this main route right here. I think that's going to be a big thing they will go after. But we're going to move down here to the Izium. Izium is still pretty much in the same kind of conflict. They're, they're, both sides are taking heavy losses. The Russians have lost a significant amount of armored vehicles inside of this area over the last week or so. Now, the eastern side and the northern side of Izium are controlled by the Russians. Western and southern is controlled by the Ukrainians. So if you were to draw a line somewhat like this, you would have Russians on this side and Ukrainians on this side. We know that yesterday that they went and took back this town, the Ukrainians did, which is another big thing because they cut off an element to the south of that. So if we're going to look over here, so one thing that did happen, Ukrainian forces did pull men out of Popsiana, which is down over here, pulled them back over to Slovinas to actually counter the recon element that the Russians have actually pushed out of the southern side of Izium. So we know that the, the Russians have actually made or a little bit of advancements in this area, which is this was yesterday, and then they pushed out recon elements going this way and also this way. So that's why the Russians, or excuse me, the Ukrainians have actually pushed up this other element to try to counter that. What they're trying to do is just find gaps in their security and find a way into the city. So the Russians have also made seven attempts, seven attempts over severe Nadesk. Look at that. Did I get it right that time? We, probably, we might have had it right. Anyway, over the last 24 hours, they made seven attempts to, uh, to take this city. So on those seven attempts over the last 24 hours, nothing has came of it. They've all failed. They've all had to retreat back to where they had started. And that's pretty much that that's gone over here. There's a little bit of uh, back and forth that's going on, as you can see right here in Pop Santa. Back, like they Russians have tried to push through. The Ukrainians have hit them back in the face. That's pretty much it. There hasn't been, other than that, nothing has changed through here. Now we're going to move down to Mariupol. So I got a close-up map for you guys of Mariupol. This is pretty much what has been going on. There's quite a bit. So Russian forces advance deep into the northern and eastern side of the city. So we have added this and this. This is the areas that they have advanced through the last 24 hours. Intense fighting has been reported on both sides, with, with, with which both sides are actually suffering heavy losses. Civilian casualties have continued to mount as Russian forces indiscriminately target the entire city. Like when I mean the entire city, I'm going to have to show you guys some videos of this, the entire city. They're reporting currently that there's starvation going on within the city and they have the inability to actually bury the deceased. This is, this is, they're clearly low on stock when it comes to food and medicine. And the civilian population like stuck within the city. I could actually see Ukrainian forces within within the city having to decide here shortly if the current resistance justifies the amount of civilian suffering that's actually taking place. I don't I don't know if they're going to come to this conclusion and they're actually going to follow through with it, but this is something they have to actually think about. And the only reason why I believe this may not happen, like I've told you guys in previous episodes, this is their Alamo. This is the battle of this city will lift the spirits of the entire country of ukraine to continue fighting like if they were just to lay down arms 
that would be a bad look, I guess you would say, for the entire country not to continue to fight. Like these men down here have been fighting since the very beginning, like the last month. I, I just don't see them laying down their arms. The only reason why they would is because the civilians are struggling so bad. We did talk about the French trying to come in and actually get these the civilians out, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Russian troops have reached the town hall in Kalamuski, district of Mariupol, which I actually I have a video. They've raised the Russian flag there, so here is that. So I have video proof of the Russian forces actually moving into the Azaz base on the eastern side of Mariupol. This was abandoned a couple days ago. I'm going to go ahead and show that video for you guys so you guys can see it, and then we'll move on from there. Впереди на базу Азова зашел наш танк. Well, this is pretty much it. If you guys, when you guys look at the map of Mariupol, there's a lot going on. They've reached pretty much this. This is where they had bombed and, and, and dropped the, the theater, excuse me, on all those civilians when they were un, underneath it. That's that area. Down over here, this is not completely taken over. It is heavily contested as of right now. But as you can tell, they've got into the backside. And I know it looks like they can just push through on either one of these defensive areas. They can't because you got to think about it. These are surrounded by buildings. This is just the, the heavily fortified side is, of course, going to be facing outwards. But I know that they're going to be peeling back and actually shooting. It's just this part of the city I could see is going. I, I, I don't know how much longer they can last. I don't know how much ammunition they still have. That is one thing. I have no idea. For me, sitting here, this is one of the most impressive things I've seen in a very long time. They've been holding off this piece for like for, what almost a month now. They've, they've continued to be shelled and advancement within the city by the Russian forces, and they've held it off. Now, I, I do want to ask, I wonder if people actually think that something's going to come of this. Are we going to see an advancement of what they were to take Mariupol? Do we think that the Ukrainians are actually going to have enough reinforcements and, and troops and men and equipment and everything to actually push through and then take that back at any point? Because we know, and I've said this many, many times, we know that the Russians are going to have to move out and leave an element back there. We know that the men that are in there, they're, they're so so densely populated with, with their troops inside of this area that once they take it, if they take it, they're going to have to move them out to go help in the east or help in the west. Now, if they were to do that, do we think that the Ukrainians are going to make uh, an, an assault on that, that city like they're doing down in Kyrgyzstan? So the assaulting element down in the outskirts of Mykolaiv have been making its way slowly down to Kyrgyzstan. We spoke about this a couple days ago, and I actually have some video proof to show you guys here. There hasn't been a lot going on. Just go ahead and take a look at the map. As you guys can see, this Russian element is still cut off right here. As of right now, it is still cut off. And I don't, I don't really know what their plan is. I haven't seen anything for, for movement-wise. I think they may just be holding ground, hoping that they can actually push back through and take and reconnect with the southern element. But I do know Mikolaiv, the troops down here, have been pushing towards Kyrgyzstan. I told you guys, I think it was about two weeks ago, I said, I believe they're going to go after the bridges in Kyrgyzstan. 
but I think they actually might be going to take back the town because right now a lot of the Russian forces are having to deal with the civilians inside of Kyrgyzstan because there's been so much uh, rioting. I guess rioting is not the best word. Uh, demonstrations by the civilian population. They're having to utilize these troops to maintain crowd control. So that is kind of playing in the favor of the Ukrainians. So we're going to go ahead and uh, end it with the with the with this with the image of the second most powerful military on planet Earth. I mean, look at this car. What is what is this thing? Looks like a damn clown car. All right. Well, I'm out, guys. I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode. I do love you guys and uh, have a good day.